yellow. Oh, yellow. Oh, look at you. Get your video on. Your <laughs> silly little stash. <laughs> <laughs> Not silly. It's 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 powerful and masculine. Yeah. What's the you know the the people always put on like Halloween the glasses nose mustache thing. Yeah. Don't if even you... don't even say that's what you think I look like right now. <laughs> if I removed everything above the eyebrows, <laughs> just kept hmm. the step. Are you not wearing a shirt under that either? No. How do you do? You like do you like this look? My uh my robe with no shirt. There's a lot of hair coming my way. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> You're welcome, is what I'm going to say to that. I'll have to leave the video on. It's totally okay if you don't. All right. I think I'll turn it off. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, we recording? Are we actually doing it? We're recording as far as 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 I'm aware. How do I sound? Do I sound crisp and and good? Sound like you always do. Hmm. Well, that didn't answer my question. Do you think you normally sound crisp and good? Because then, yeah, Mm. you're good. You know what? We've recorded. This will be our 23rd one. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm rolling the dice every single time yeah, on, on audio yeah. quality. No, it's uh, definitely hasn't gotten better per se. It's just gotten different every time, <laughs> which is part of our. That's part of our thing. That's. I feel like that you could use that phrase to, like describe me as a person. <laughs> I haven't gotten better, but I am different. different. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, cool. We got a lot to talk about, so we'll. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been, what, three weeks since we last had a chat? Also, there might be some weird energy in this episode because it's a Sunday morning, which I don't know if we've ever recorded on a Sunday morning. No, we have not. I, I'm out of coffee in my house, so I'm drinking tea. Ooh, I'm drinking it's, coffee. Drinking a strong black tea, and it's it's doing all right for uh, me. So uh, the coffee must have, uh, the subscription I got you must have run out. It was only for a couple of weeks. It did, but I'm thinking about, I'm going to re-up it, I think, uh, starting good. soon. I discovered that, like... Of all the subscription things that I can do, it's hardest for me to get good coffee beans around me. Mm. Um, so that the the yes please one makes the most sense for me to re up. So um, I'm surprised I'm, the I'm, restaurant yeah. doesn't have like a hookup. They don't. They don't really. I mean, like their their coffee there is fine, but they don't right. have like any type of like they're not you know doing pour overs and fresh grinding stuff. No one's got the time for that. So um, yeah. there is a coffee shop in town that that has decent some decent beanage going on. What a uh, what, yeah. what what what's your normal uh, coffee making uh, process? Are you an Aeropress guy? Are you a pour over? Uh, I usually do a Chemex. So yeah, I'm Chemex, a pour-over, okay. Pour-over guy. Because um, Haley and I both drink. Oh right, make coffee more than one. So usually what I'll do is is make 50 grams of coffee. Um, I'll grind that morning and everything, and then that's usually 800 grams of water. And we'll split that between the two of us. And she takes hers off in a travel mug, and I'll drink you know my half at home. And it's it usually works pretty well. Uh, I like the Chemex in terms of making a large quantity, and I feel like the quality is still pretty good. That yeah. the beans the beans we were getting from the subscription you gave me for Christmas were pretty awesome. We had some. Very good coffee. If you're curious uh, about the subscription that we're talking about, it's uh, Yes Please. So if you go to the website, Yes Please, so Y-E-S-P-L-Z dot coffee, that's what we're talking about, which is where I get good. my beans every week. They send you a little – well, they used to do a little zine in every one, but I think they're going all digital Mo- now. Well, they're doing a or monthly a monthly zine, and then each week that you get beans, it has like a, just a, like a pamphlet. Not even a pamphlet, like a, a flyer. Cool. Yeah. I like so. it. Yeah, All I'll right. Probably, I'll probably do that again. Are you uh, are you an Aeropress guy? I'm an Aeropress guy because Emily has to drink cold brew for lower acidity, so I'm not making a bunch. Um, gotcha. However, I did just get a pour over cone, uh, so I'm gonna maybe start putting a start doing pour overs because uh, I had to buy a new electric kettle um, because I the one I had 
it like the spout fell off. Uh, like well, it rusted troublesome. through. I had it for so long. <laughs> I had it since California. So I, you know, seven or eight years, I think at this point, it just rusted right through and it was leaking really bad. And like I poked the, the spout and it just like fell off. So I bought a new <laughs> one. I can imagine that. That sounds like a straight out of like a cartoon or a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was not good. It was well, not you, good. Give you a lot of years. It sounds like you drink a lot of coffee. So I, I do. Think I use it put every day work. for years. And the one I just bought, I'll put it in the show notes. It's a, it's a handsome, it's a handsome guy. Is it, is it, it's another electric one where you just plug in the temperature you want. And it... Yeah, it's uh, the brand is Fellow, so it's the Stag EKG electric kettle. Stag, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've been wanting to get an electric kettle. I I still use stovetop one. Dude, they're great. It's a little it's a little inconsistent with I'm sure the temperature that I'm actually making my coffee at, but nothing makes you sound more pretentious than talking about the temperature at which you pour over your whatever man especially burr burr grinded coffee that morning it's so important here i'm gonna put it in the in the chat for you so you okay. see see how handsome cool. it is i want to see yeah it's good if it's real handsome then i'll get, then I'll get one because i've been been meaning to to get one so um well i have an actual a check-in round question good lay it on um, me it's not like the goofiest question in the world but i've been doing a lot of reading recently so i want to know what the best i'm gonna go with non-work related book you've read recently because i know you read a ton Ooh. for work and Ooh. not that, that stuff isn't interesting to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would. Well, it's like, fine. You know, I'm okay. trying to read more fiction anyway. Oh, okay, good. So, yeah, so, what is the best non? Well, really? my uh, my memory is bad, so I have to go to Goodreads to remind myself what I've recently read. Okay. Best non-work related. So I'm gonna. I'm. It's gonna be more than one. So, okay. In the nonfiction category, the book "Why We Sleep: Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams" by Matthew mm-hmm. Walker. Very good. Made me want to get my sleep game on point. Uh, made me worried for everybody in my life who's not getting enough sleep. Uh, Mom. It was very good. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was good. And it had lots of good like, practical stuff in it. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? Hyperion. Book number one of the Hyperion Cantos series. That guy was, written by Dan fantasy. Simmons. What was that? Is that fantasy? Sci-fi? Uh, sci-fi. Uh, I literally read this first book because it was in the like recommended for me in Apple books and I liked the cover. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I bought it and I read it and it was super good. And I'm on book two now. So enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, East of Eden blew my mind. I read it over the last year. Uh, so good. So really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. All right. I think those are probably of the ones I've read most recently. Um, what Didn't I do the most. What about you? Um, I mean, I've, they're all non-work related for me for the most part. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't do it. I mean, there are some books out there that I have read before that are good organic farming books. But for the most part, um, I'm all over the place. So I've just been taking either – I go to thrift stores a lot and I'll just look through the book section and see if there's any authors or, or book titles that I've heard of and stuff that I've never actually read. So like someone recommended that I read 100 Years of Solitude. By Gabriel Garcia. I want, it's on my list. I want to read that. It's pretty good. It's short synopsis, real quick. They follow one family for this entire book. Um, and I mean, that's kind uh, of fiction. East of Eden. Uh, eh, so not really, I guess. But, sort of. but in East of Eden, people name each other their kids different things. And in this yeah. book, they really carry the family name, including oh. like first names, all the way down. So you get a lot of characters <laughs> yeah. where you're like, I don't remember if this is Jose Arcadio. The third junior, the son of this one, things like that. But the book itself is very good. It has a little bit of magical realism in it. A little, you know, not a little, full a little on. Haruki Murakami. 
I was gonna say not full Murakami, but some things where you throw in there, you're like, is that just fun metaphor? But I think it's supposed to be literal. It's a it's a made up world that's still very much based in, you know, normal normal Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very good. And then I finally got around to reading The Martian. Oh yeah, um, that's good. Just because I saw it at a thrift store, and I figured I should I should read like, this. It was like a, the book equivalent of like a candy bar. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I read it in one day, uh, <laughs> four hundred pages, and yeah. yeah, it was really really good. It Have you watched super fast the movie of it? I haven't. So I think it's, I'll do it's that also next. pretty good. So I I did it in the order that I wanted to, which was was book before mm-hmm. movie. So I'll probably watch the movie, but um, yeah, really good, really enjoyable. Um, other than that, I'm kind of like all over the place. I've read a ton of Truman Capote last year. Um, oh, yeah. and so now I'm reading yeah. a lot of, um, writers that people say like, Oh, if you like him, you should read this, which he wrote right now what? true blood Is that what it, it, what in, cold, in cold blood, in cold blood. Did I tell you, I think we talked about this. I was reading it and I got impatient to know like what happened. So I read the Wikipedia article. And then once mm-hmm. I read the Wikipedia article, I lost all the will to finish reading the book. Yeah, that would do it. <laughs> So I read I read half of In Cold Blood. That's good. I I like his writing. Even his short stories, he's just very easy to to take in. Um so for that reason I'm now reading some some F. Scott Fitzgerald cuz kind of the same same time frame a little F. bit Scott earlier Fitzgerald. than Fitzgerald. What uh separate piece? Gatsby. No. Gatsby. Oh, That's Knowles. Jonathan Knowles I think wrote separate piece. What? Really? Or something like that, right? I don't know. This isn't the, this isn't a book cast. What are oh, we doing? You're right. Why, why did I? <laughs> Was that right? Hmm. Yeah, you were right. All right. What did See, I well, think? I don't know what you're talking about. But anyways, that was a long check-in round. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things to talk about. Good. We have a lot to talk about. So we have a lot of update. You want me to go first? You want oh, to go yeah. First? I talked mostly last time, so I want to know all about stuff that you're, you got going on here. Where are the notes? Let me find them. Find them. Here we go. Working at restaurant. Tell no, me about you. it. You've been, you've been, I think where we left it last time is I don't think you had even done a solo shift yet. You were still being mm-hmm. trained. And I think that next, like that in a couple of days from when we recorded, you were having your first solo shift. It sounds like yes. you've done lots of, of solo shifts, bar backing and, and busing. So what do you, what do you have to share? Um, yes, I have worked. I work probably three days a week now at the restaurant. Um, cool. I'm a, I'm a two nights a week. I, I bar back one night a week. I bus. Um, it's been interesting. It was not as bad. I was very intimidated the very first solo barback shift that I had. Um, for the most part, it's all gone fairly well. Last two nights ago was Friday night, and I've been busing on Fridays, which are fairly busy, a lot going on. And I did finally drop my first plate in uh, the dining walk room. Walk me through it. Walk yeah. me through it. How did it happen? What what caused you to drop it? Was it hot? Did you just slip? No. Did you just like take your eye off it for a second? What happened? Okay, so setting the tables is actually – I mean – it's a little like it's a surprising people don't drop stuff more often because you're carrying you're doing, a bunch of stuff at once, right? Yeah, when you are busing it, so you clean off the table when you're busing, which is you take all the glasses, everything off. You take they have you know brown paper on top of a lot of the tablecloths. You take the paper right. off, and then you go to set the table. And what you do is in your hand you hold as many by like the bottom of their stems like wine glasses, kind of you hold as many water glasses as you need. Most mm-hmm. of the time it's four, so you put four of these big glasses between your fingers. And you're holding those, and then you have plates that have like a little napkin on top which you are going to slide the silverware into so you take the little tower of however many plates with napkins on and you put that in the hand you're holding glasses with so you have glasses now on top of that you have plates and plates with napkins on top of them are kind of slick um so you're kind of just like already a little bit like i don't know unstable and then with the other hand you grab the amount of silverware you need so like four knives 
four forks, then four salad forks. So now you're holding that all in one hand. And the other hand, <laughs> and the last thing you do with your hand with all the silverware is you grab a piece of brown paper to replace the one that you took off. Um, there's three different sizes. So you grab it and you take all of that in your hands walking through the dining room to wherever table you need to go to. And so you have like a leaning tower of pizza of plates in your right hand. In your left hand, you have a bunch of silverware and a piece of paper. And you're just trying to get through this tight dining room without bumping into people and dropping stuff. And I had done that successfully for like two shifts now. Um, and then yesterday, I was or Friday, I was just walking to a table. And I think I was so focused, I don't know, on what, getting to the table or something else that I didn't sense the, the, the plate tower in my hand slowly shifting. And <laughs> thank goodness it wasn't all of them. But I dropped just the top one off, missed hitting a table fairly closely. A, a table where people were sitting? Yes. <laughs> um, landed, luckily they were sitting on the other side of the table, so it landed kind of like across the table from them on the ground and shattered and sent pieces flying at them. Um, it was kind of in the back corner of the restaurant, and it was a fairly like busy night, so it was loud. So people, not like everyone stopped and looked at me kind of thing. Uh, everyone, at probably the 10 tables around me, stopped and looked at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to proceed to kind of like slowly just drop everything on the table and start cleaning it up. And then I realized that I'd cut myself doing that. So I was bleeding all over the table. <laughs> and then so I went and took care of that. Well, my you always work with a partner for busing. And I just asked him as I walked past, I was like, can you just go finish table, whatever, like 25? I just cut my hand and broke a plate and I'll be back in a minute. And so by the time I come back, he had, he had fixed everything and reset it. But um, it was probably the smallest scene I could have made mm-hmm. in terms of breaking something. Do but you it feel good. like now that you've gotten that behind you, that you're kind of like, you have like a new freedom, a new, a new calmness to doing this or no? Um, a little bit, but there's definitely, <laughs> it could definitely get worse. It's not like I started big. I didn't, <laughs> right. like, drop, you didn't I have like the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The break four glasses, four plates, just like a yard sale or something or so it could still get worse, but it is, it is nice to know that I have that out of the way now. Um, yeah, the world so didn't end. <laughs> It's all it's all up from here. Plus, but, you, I mean, I feel like this was kind of a bad one because you literally caused yourself to bleed. I did, um, but it was it was a pretty small, minor cut. But yeah, you're you're true. That that is true. That um, I did, and I I bled on the brown paper, which kind of was it was inconvenient and kind of gross. Um, but other than that, I was going to talk about how I think as a, a person who likes flow and talking about that kind of work, um, I have quickly found how you can get into that with busing which i really enjoy oh yeah lay it on me well so you're always working usually always working in teams of two and the process for basically being a busser is what you do is there's a little bus station where you have all the stuff you need for doing what i just said replacing the tables and then you have a bus bucket which is what you take to the table to clean it off and the central flow is you're watching the dining room to see when people get up and leave the second someone gets up you go to the table clear everything into the bucket as efficiently as you can, like as little space as possible, you take off the brown paper and then you look to see if your partner is already grabbing the settings for that table. So if they're already getting ready to replace it, you grab the bucket and then you look to see if any other tables have gotten up. And what can happen is you can get a nice flow of like four tables leave. And so you get up, move from one, you know, clean off one table. He's getting the stuff for that table. I move to the next one, clean that one off. Then I go grab the settings. And then after he finishes setting his table, he comes and grabs the bucket. He goes to the third table and clears it off. And so it's like this little dance of just like working yeah. your way around the dining room, um, clearing tables. And when you're setting a table, it's like you don't have to <laughs> – so stupid. You don't have to worry about anything else. Like you're focused on trying to get this table set as fast as possible yeah. so they can turn it around. So like 
once you get to that set, like once you're actually doing that part of it and you're setting the table, it takes like a minute, you know, and you've got the table set, then you pick your head up and kind of like look to see where your partner is and move on to the next step. But like, it's not like bar backing where it always feels like there's a million things to do. There's like two things to do as a busser and either you're right. clearing you a stay table. on top of it. Yeah. You're, and you're, yeah, you are, cause you can't like, you do not want five tables all sitting on bust all, you know, waiting yeah. for you. And essentially what you do is you do that through the dining room until any table that was, was empty is, is reset. You go and empty your bus buckets into all their corresponding things back to the dishwash station. And then there's a couple other spots you check that we have buckets that people, servers will put stuff into. Mm-hmm. You go and empty those, come back, look back at the floor and see if anyone left again. And it's kind of just like this little, it's very, very cyclical, a really short circuit that you're working, um, which is just very enjoyable to always know what, you know, what's the next step pretty much. Yep. And it makes the day go by a lot faster. I would imagine um, there's a bunch of, you're probably developing the way that you like to clear off a table and yep. like the, the specific movements for resetting the table. Like there's a lot of room there to figure out the best way to, to do that. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, I've only worked two shifts, but you can kind of already pick up on that because, and the one thing that you do every time you get to a table is you're holding a big piece of brown paper. And so you have to set the paper down, grab it, and then you do like an all-in-one motion. You do like a flip. This is why you have everything else in your hand still because you can't put stuff down on a dirty table. So you do a quick flip kind of with the paper, and it lays flat on top of the – and you just kind of get it perfectly lined up at the edges, and then you can start building on top of it. And the first couple times I did that, like it took me forever to get the paper to like unflip. I'm over here just like over and over, like you know, like, <laughs> flapping, like flapping a sheet basically. I'm like trying to get this paper to flip. While I'm holding plates in one hand and silver in the other, yeah. um, and then once you're actually setting the table, yeah, each, you know, plate has a napkin on top with a little slit in it, and that's where you do like fork, fork, knife, fork, fork, knife, and all those, and set the table. And it does get into, you know, like a really nice rhythm if you if you get good at it. So I've been enjoying it. Um, cool. I was kind of not looking forward to bussing. I was kind of more into it for barbacking, but on a busy night, you make almost just as much bussing as barbacking, and it's just a different type of work um that being said i've been barbacking more than busing but it's been good i've been enjoying it i have a shift tonight um march I, i'm gonna work a ton this upcoming month between the wedding venue and the restaurant actually so that's the, uh, the wedding venue is setting stuff up setting stuff up but i'm actually barbacking, oh, barbacking wedding, too right, right. So i trained for that a long time ago but it's a lot easier to barback a wedding than barback at the restaurant so i'm looking forward to that to see what an actual shift is like at a wedding um Right. Barbacking. So that starts next weekend. Cool. So pretty much working every weekend of March um, between the two places. So then the farm starts again at the end of March. So gotcha. Uh, finally picking back up into what this podcast is supposed to be about. Organic no way, farm. man. This is now <laughs> this is now uh, consulting and uh, restaurant working and everything else that I do. Yeah, and UPSing. <laughs> yeah, and no, UPSing. man. If we didn't have you on this podcast, God, it would be really boring. <laughs> that's what happens when you work a seasonal job that doesn't pay well. You have to pick up all this other work. <laughs> yeah. Wish I could say I was just doing it for the podcast, but it's, it's kind of because I have to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I have a couple other like quick tidbit rapid fire things to in terms of work. All right. Um, so, yeah, the next one on there, I guess I did get paid to do this or help do this. I've been laying wood flooring over at a friend's house who um, was on one of the farm employees here um, the past season. Uh, the Latin teacher. Uh, he, oh, nice. I love this guy. 
He's the best. Hayden's wonderful. I get to have an entire episode where we just talk about working with him for a week on floors. Um, <laughs> what we should was, do is just we need to get him on the podcast. You, oh, yeah, 100% we should. He's right. more interesting than both of us. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he owns this like small – I know I told you I thought it was from like the 1800s. Uh-huh. Um, it turns out it was this – era of the 60s where people built perfect replicas of houses from the era so the house is right. 1965 or 1970 <laughs> okay. or something well, so the inside, yeah i know we were like making fun of like his house is only from the 1800s now it's even newer than that um but anyways so he wanted to replace all the laminate and carpet in his house with hardwood floors and so he a long time ago this summer there's always old houses being ripped up in massachusetts and mansions torn down and one of the things they did is they you know they'll reclaim a lot of the stuff inside of it so he bought 2,000 square feet of, you know, 1920s oak flooring, um, which is cool, but um, basically made the, the process of us taking that flooring and laying it in his house uh, incredibly strenuous and slow. And so we laid one bedroom, one 10 by 10 bedroom um, so far. I actually, I'm going to pick back up this week and help him a bit more. But um, how do you, was if, what do yeah. you, what is the process for doing that? I mean, it's, it's normal flooring, but in terms of like, tongue and groove you know they go together like a little puzzle but what happens is um and you use one of those fun you know angled obviously those big nailers you hit it with a mallet you know and it shoots in a staple through the tongue into the board so you don't face nail it you don't ever see the nail hole the staples actually going through that that leading edge um but right, to yeah, do that, that to do that essentially what you need is you need a tongue and a groove that are good on a piece of wood from the floor and what happens when they rip up old flooring because it's been nailed down once before is those tongue and grooves get destroyed. They get broken. They splinter. So we were doing a lot of sorting to try and find pieces that had a good tongue and groove to finish the room. Um, a lot of the time, the other thing that's hard to describe is if you think about it, if you're looking at a piece of wood, the far left edge will have a little tongue. Like it will wrap around the L part of it, you know. So the end piece of the wood will have mm-hmm. a tongue so it can slide into the next piece. And then the far right edge would have a little groove. Mm-hmm. So that the tongue could slide into it, you know, as far mm-hmm. keep going on like that. But every time you cut a piece of wood because you get to the edge of a room, let's say, you know, this you lose piece is either a groove or a tongue. Yes, exactly. So this, so you know, this, this we need a piece that's six feet. We found a piece that's you know six foot eight or something, a little bit, you know. So we have to cut off eight inches. Well, when you cut off those eight inches, you now lost. If you cut it off the right side, you lost the groove. If you cut it off the left side, you lost the tongue. Well, when they laid these floors in 1920, they did that. So you pick up a piece, you're like, this piece is beautiful. This will this will cover, you know, next four feet perfectly. Then you're like, oh shit, never mind, they've cut it before. Um, it doesn't have a tongue on this side, and we need it to have a tongue. So we had to make all these there's a ton of sorting of like these pieces over here can only start on this side of the wall, these can start on this side of the wall, these can go anywhere. And then this pile is firewood because they're so messed up. And then this pile is like maybe usable if we do some some stuff to it. So it was a lot of just like is it so much stuff that like you'll definitely have enough for the floor? Because what I'm hearing is like, what if you don't have enough good ones to finish the project? Well, what you can switch to so is that you'd face nail instead of using the fancy nailer. So a uh, lot of these ones that have pretty ruined things going on, you could still lay the floor and you have to do a lot more pushing by hand to get the tight seal. And then you nail it through the, the top of it like with a tiny little flooring nail. Um, that when you go to finish the floors, you'll put a little like, you know, wood caulk over. And then when you stain, it'll look like nothing. It's gotcha. just a bigger pain in the ass because you have to do that little wood caulk or you have to, if the nails don't go in far enough, you have to go through with a little hammer and a little nail set and whack them until they're underneath the wood. So they don't stick up and get caught like, you know, on your feet or anything. So he's, yeah, we'll try and tongue and groove as much as we can. 
And then when we get to the point where we're literally out of good pieces to do that anymore, it'll be a lot of cutting with a chop saw, sliding stuff together, holding it by hand while we face nail it. Um, and that probably means whatever rooms we do that, the seams will be a little bit bigger because just naturally we are not as good at getting a tight seal on it when you're doing it by hand versus having like a super powerful compression pneumatic stapler that can kind of force them together. But we'll see when we get there. So I think I'm going over on Tuesday to help him. And the thing is now he's back to school. You know, he's a school teacher. Um, So we did that over one of his breaks. I came over and worked like four days there. Um, And so now he's working after school to do it, like working on it, which is pretty exhausting. Um, And this is coming from the guy that, that wakes up at 4 a.m. every day. Uh, he is that he wakes up at four and, and does his morning reading and reads his Latin and his his Greek and he. <laughs> man, I tell you what, just spending one week with him is it's like I was traveling back in time. It was it was <laughs> it was wonderful to see how he lives in the nicest way possible because it is <laughs> incredible. His fridge is so austere. There's so little in there. Just like a bowl of eggs. There's a bowl of some apples and then a ton of greens. But he made amazing. He made amazing lunches all week for me, which was cool. Hmm. So <laughs> there'll right. be more. There'll be more Hayden updates in the future as we continue working on this floor. Yeah. Hayden, watch. Yep, and and one of these days we'll get him on the podcast. Maybe during the summer when he's on the farm, I can uh, convince him to stay after work one day and, and talk. All right, we'll we'll chat. But um, I realize I'm taking up most of the bulk of this episode recapping things Max has been doing, but recapping things that Hayden has been doing. I was right there with him. Okay. <laughs> laying those floors um so i can i can i can do one more quick recap and then we can jump into what you've been up to All right. and then maybe maybe if we have time we can save my theme for 2020 for a different episode i wanted to, oh, okay yeah i don't know i want to keep this around like 45 minutes so oh yeah so we gotta, we gotta keep it toy i don't know what we're at right now but See, we'll, i don't I, I don't have that much anyway okay well last thing was um haley's been doing you know selling vintage clothes on this app called depop for a while mm-hmm. uh, which is basically instagram but for selling for clothes um she's been doing you know most of the curation where she goes to um savers which is the local like salvation army here and you know we'll we'll buy stuff and resell it on there and she's sold 100 things on that web, on that app so she's wow you know decent That's amount cool. of stuff has come in and moved out um but she's been really wanting to get into actual physical like flea markets um they're all over the place obviously so Finally got accepted into one like a month ago. She heard about it, and a couple weekends ago, we went and set up for her first ever vintage market um, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, which was cool. It was just a fun experience. It was kind of like being at a farmer's market, but you know, we we're selling clothes instead of food, um, and it was indoor instead of outdoor. But for the most part, it was very successful. Another you know different avenue of work that I've been involved in mm-hmm. recently. What was your uh, role in this? I was there to help set up essentially and give her another person that could do sales and stuff while she had to go to the bathroom or if she wanted to meet other vendors and stuff. So mm-hmm. kind of just giving her freedom <laughs> while she was there. Um, in terms of curation, she bought and and chose what, you know, basically all the clothing that was there. I uh, had a little section that was Max's home goods section <laughs> where I sold a lot of fun mugs um, that I've been buying. <laughs> all right. Nice. Wait, is that what you were posting on Instagram today? I bought I bought more. Yeah, I bought more just this past couple of weeks. But those were those were different ones than I brought to the market. But I brought Where like, do you find these? At at Savers or Yeah. This is pretty fun ones. I've I sold actually, you know what? Since I posted that on Instagram yesterday, I sold four already. So Wow. I kinda <laughs> I want the uh the big heavy diner one. I think I sold that to Alex Toger, but I found another one when I was last time I was out of Savers. But <sighs> dude, yeah, it's one of those mugs where you pick it up and you're like, you need to be pouring really bad 
cheap coffee <laughs> yeah. out of a big coffee pot into this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure it'd be good. <laughs> pour over coffee would be good out of it, but it just has the feel of like a good 1950s uh, diner mug. Yeah. But anyways, so we did the market. We, you know, they charge you $40 to have a stand there. We had kind of bought some clothing racks, some different stuff together to, to make it look, you know, nice and set up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we, I mean, we, we made back our money. Um, oh, that's and, good. I mean, I think if you can include the expenses for starting the very first market, we probably broke even, but, mm-hmm. um, the plan is to, to do a lot of these. She already got accepted to another one in April. Do you have to pay to, every 40 every time? Or is that like a yep. holder spot forever? Oh, okay. It's uh, it's an every time. So this one in Cambridge was every two months. So there'll be another one in April. And then she got accepted into a different market actually down in Connecticut, um, in April as well. How far away is that? It ends up being like a two hour drive, but it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, so it's the start of the vintage market. Uh, um, is there like a website or something that we can link to? Yeah. I mean, we can link to either her Instagram that she runs for that or for her Depop app is probably more updated, but we've been, it's, it's her like passion project on the side and pouring a lot of energy into it. We did a lot of photography yesterday for some new stuff she bought with some, some professional editing and photography skills. So is she uh, selling any of her art there as well? Cause I know she does she did like, bring prints. So we, she, yeah, she made six original prints and printed off like four of each one and brought those to the market. Um, kind of like professionally printed eight by 10 already done yeah. so that people could buy them and, cool. um, frame them. She, we only sold like one at that market, but nice thing is that they're not going to age or anything. You can just keep bringing them. Right. So <laughs> not going <laughs> to so go it's bad. Food. It's not like a farmer's market where you have stuff at the end. You're like, crap. Okay. Um, what am I so, to do with a hundred pounds of cucumbers? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so yeah, she has started doing that as well. Um, and bringing some, and I think this next market, she'll probably put up a sign that says like, you know, contact her through Instagram for commissions and stuff. Cause right. she did do a lot of commission based work this past, uh, winter. So yeah, it's, I think yeah, it's, she, she did some commission work for me. Yeah, she did for, and, for Emily's uh, uh, Christmas present. So taking steps in the direction of her goal would really be to spend a lot more time doing um, vintage yeah. market stuff like this and, and clothing markets. So well, this is the like first she's time. Well on her way to doing that. Yeah. So this was a real step into like the retail experience of you know running your own little mini shop, um, which is a good you know the next step would be like doing a pop up somewhere you know with another store or something. So did uh, think, did your yeah. farmer market skills uh, translate? Oh man, I was so good there. I'm so good at working a market like that. I can really turn it on when I need to. I know I always talk about how much I hate markets. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that seems to be the main thing I remember about you talking about farmers markets. But it's you know when I'm it's, the thing I hate about farmers market was the getting up early and the schlepping of the stuff. Mm-hmm. When you set up at a market and you're actually like just like there working, it's it's really because everyone there is super nice. Everyone's happy to be there. The other vendors are usually really nice. You get to see other cool stuff. You get to see people appreciate the thing that you bought or that you grew. That right. that you know that is nice to get that interaction. It's just like the you know the, the, the labor example, of getting, getting it set up. Yeah, getting to Cambridge, Massachusetts, driving the city and trying to unload all this crap out of the back of a car into a basement of a building and then trying to find somewhere to park and then having to load it all back up and leave. Like that part yeah. always stresses me out. But once you actually work in the market, it's it's really enjoyable. Um, so there'll be more vintage market updates. Um, Do you guys have a – does she have a name for her, yeah. uh, her shop? It? It's Hue and Shade. Ooh, so. Hue and Shade. Neat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there might eventually be even like, a, you know, she might use a Squarespace website soon and, and actually launch like just a shop as well. Um, That's cool. But it's a lot of time and effort. You know, even even doing what she's doing right now, it takes a lot of time, um, yeah. which we're learning, just like putting price tags on things and, you know, prepping everything and steaming everything. So it looks nice. That's all. It's all a lot of hours to put in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's enjoyable. You know, it's a hobby that can also make some money. So, yeah. 
Cool. Well, you want to you do some quick recap of what you've been up to, and then if Boom. we have time, I'll sneak in some at least a little bit about what my theme is. All right. Sure. Uh, so let's see. I got a couple of things on my list this week. Uh, so first, I, I wanted to tell you, um, for a second, a split, tiny mm-hmm. second, I thought we were podcast famous because oh, I reached out to this office space because um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some office space in D.C., and I sent them an email and I was talking to to the guy who called me, um, and he was like, "Do you have a podcast?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah, yes, I do have a podcast." He's like, "Someone at my, someone at the office, one of the sales reps, like recognizes you from your podcast." Uh, no and, and at this time, I was like, like, like in my mind, I'm thinking, "Fields of work? Like, how is that possible? How could somebody, some random person, at this recognize. co-working space?" recognize me from my name from fields of work where we you know probably have less than 20 listeners yeah uh and then i realized what they were talking about was the brave new work podcast that the ready oh, puts on they saw yeah. my email address that was the ready.com they, they recognized it from from there <coughs> uh, i'm pretty sure oh, okay. uh so i thought we were gonna have a really excellent thing to talk about uh this week but um you know close but no cigar yeah one step closer yeah uh, so I am. So I guess one of the things to talk about is I am. I decided to get a new, uh, get some new office space. And you may be asking yourself, Sam, didn't you just have an office and you decided you didn't want it anymore and you wanted to work from home for X, Y, and Z reasons? And I would say yes, that is very astute of you. However, I am making some uh, some changes that will make this a better experiment for me this time around. I think, and I'm pretty sure we talked about how the reason I stopped. Uh, paying for my WeWork office was because it was a shared, it was a dedicated desk so I could leave stuff there, but in a shared office with mm-hmm. you know, five other people. And that is fine unless you need to make phone calls all day long. And I, I have a decent amount of phone calls or video conferences that I do, given the fact that I work in a distributed company, which means you can't take those calls from a shared office. So I was spending... Mm-hmm. I was spending a lot of money to essentially spend most of my time in these really <laughs> dank, dark phone booths. Yeah. And that just felt stupid when I could be at home in my beautiful home office with tons of natural light doing these calls on my big, you know, iMac. Wearing a uh, robe. Wearing my robe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I decided, you know, it doesn't make any sense for me to keep paying for this office space that we work in for the last few months. Uh, I've been working primarily from home. However... There was a good reason why I wanted the WeWork office, and those reasons didn't just go away when I just went back to working from home. Reasons and, and, and things such as not feeling like you have any sort of boundary between regular life and work life. You know, that I, is get very... that. I get that right now. This I would consider this work, and you're still wearing a robe, Sam, looking highly <laughs> unprofessional. So you know what? I understand how those boundaries get blurred. Yeah, boundaries <laughs> get blurred, my friend. And when, you know, when I'm ostensibly not supposed to be working, but I could take three steps and sit down to the computer and like do actual work. It's hard to turn my brain off. And there've been a handful of situations over the past couple of months where it would have been really helpful to have a professional space to meet someone uh, who Mm -hmm. wanted to meet. And now what I do is, you know, we meet at a, at a coffee shop, uh, which, you know, it's not the greatest to be meeting at a Starbucks. You're not guaranteed to have space where we can sit down and talk. It's not quiet. Uh, and but I'm not going to invite someone to my home office uh, to yeah. to have a meeting. So 
I decided uh, after listening to Cortex earlier this week where Mike was talking about his new uh, mega studio, uh, his new office outside of, of his house, um, I decided, you know what? You know, the policy at the ready is that we all have essentially the equivalent of whatever a one-person office is at WeWork to spend on space. So I decided to look at the WeWorks around me, and you can get a private one-person office for around $1,100 a month uh, in in D.C. So I decided, but I didn't want, I knew that the WeWork office that I was just at didn't have any one-person offices, and it was the closest one. Uh, so I decided to just look for other co-working spaces nearby that may have private offices. And I found this one uh, called Make Offices, and they have a couple of different locations, but they have one um, uh, at, at, at the wharf in, in D.C., which is just across the river in D.C., and it's a really nice like shopping district and restaurants. And mm-hmm. I went and checked it out on earlier this week and they have a two-person office uh, that they'll rent to me for the one-person price which is like $900 a month so cheaper than we work in a really cool location it's about two metro stops and a 10-minute walk uh, away so what does that make your actual commute time about 20 25 minutes depends how long I have to wait for the metro nothing um, like and- your nothing like your Manhattan days no, I was like, oh, 45 <laughs> minutes in one, one direction. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to having a commute again. I've been looking at my, you know, I track my steps every mm-hmm. every week, and I can totally see when I stopped going to my WeWork office because my steps just fell off a cliff. I used yeah. to walk there pretty consistently. And this is too far away to walk. I mean, I think it would take me maybe an hour and a half to walk to. Um, yeah. But it is bike rideable potentially so I'm, cool. i may investigate getting a bike uh, once the weather gets a little bit warmer and, and riding a bike there and if not like i said two metro stops and about a 10 15 minute walk gets me there uh the space is really nice right on the river uh tons of of natural light um l- far less broy than we work like a lot fewer <laughs> tech bros uh, more like lawyers and consultants in this space. What's the what's the coffee and stuff situation inside? Seems good, you know, as much <laughs> as much as you as uh, much as you want. Um, I didn't actually taste their coffee, but it's got to be better than WeWork. The WeWork coffee was absolutely terrible, which was so weird. How was that allowed? A, a local, <laughs> a local like regional roaster was my neighbor in WeWork. <laughs> Commonwealth Joe, which has good coffee, like I will happily buy Commonwealth Joe coffee. They did not provide the coffee to this WeWork, and it was just absolutely terrible. Um, wow. So it's got to be better than that. And if not, hey, I'll bring my own coffee. I don't care. But then I'm really looking forward to just having my own space. I have like a ton of different like workshop supplies that have been accumulating in my home office, which Emily is not stoked about. Workshop mm-hmm. supplies such as like 20 little pots of Play-Doh. Uh, fidget spinners, uh, a bunch of books, uh, a bunch of notebooks, a bunch of sharpies, a bunch of post-its. You sound like a high school teacher. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so I'm gonna, you know, have somewhere to store all that stuff, um, and you know, being able to take calls from a from a private office will be good. So I'm just, I'm gonna move in probably sometime next week. I actually, I leave um, to go out of town this afternoon uh, for a couple of days. When I come back, I'll I'll start moving in. I got to figure out what I want to do for computer though. Um, still haven't quite figured out what the plan is there uh but uh yeah we'll see it'll be exciting oh i also forgot to mention this co-working space has a podcast recording studio so 
you told me that, and when you said the guy asked, "Do you have a podcast?" I was thinking the way that story was going to go was he just assumes everyone does a podcast <laughs> now. So he was just trying to say, like, "Hey, do you have a podcast?" And when you said yes, he goes, "Well, good, we have a podcast studio." I mean, I everyone guess does it. <laughs> maybe that's what happened there, but he seemed to know some things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Uh, so I may check out the. I may check out the podcast recording studio. It seems to be set up more for like multiple people in a room. I don't know okay. how it would work across Skype. You want to fly me in? Yeah, I'll fly <laughs> you in for it. I'm thinking what is what I'm more likely to do is bring this mic that I'm talking into right now um, into the office and put up some um, some some baffling in the room to make it uh, make the to, to dampen the sound and probably just record from my office. But I'll check it out and let you know how it is. Maybe the mics are really good and maybe we can really uh, upgrade the quality of this thing. Yeah, that's what we need. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Sorry, audio quality. So everyone's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 the that's the Sam the the new office uh, experiment uh, round two. Excited for you. New offices and spaces are exciting. They are. I get. I'm really excited to like. I'm uh, jealous. Buy some bookshelves and like figure out mm-hmm. how I want to set up this the space because it is it's pretty roomy for one person. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. We even I'm just thinking about that. Like even having a space for like. Now that Haley has started doing this market thing, we're accumulating a lot of clothing. Yeah. And if you saw my apartment, there's not a lot of place to store clothing. So we're no, you know, no, even not. currently stuck in that situation of trying to find, you know, where to put stuff here in our apartment so that this can still be an efficient, you know, when we have to ship something, we can find it. But not um, where you have to step over piles of clothes and duck under clothing racks to get to the bed. Yep. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate this, this separation of <laughs> work and home when you can do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Sweet man, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, so what else? You finished what month? Are you, you were on month of right, correct? That was February. <laughs> yeah, I just did month of right. And what is this month going to be? Month of sit, meditation based. Yes. Oh yeah, you were not looking forward to it. No. <laughs> this is day one, right? Day one today. I already meditated. Heck yeah, man! Way to go. Do you use Headspace or is it all solo? You do your own uh, thing. So I have been using. Um, I paid for a year of Calm. So okay. over the past like month and a half, I've been doing kind of one of the um, intro to well, meditation courses if, like, over 30 if only, days. Man, if only you could pay for a year of calm, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> well, I'd pay anything for that. Um, so I just finished the 30-day intro thing with calm. Uh, so today I just did uh, no guided, just 10 minutes um, silent. Nice. And I'm not you sure, did. quite sure what the plan is this month. I mean, right now, the general intention is to have meditation be the first thing I do when I wake up, other than uh, vacate my bowels. Uh, well, and by bowels, I meant bladder. Nobody <laughs> nobody poops first thing in the morning. I hope not. That comes later. Uh, yeah. Vacate my bladder uh, and then go and meditate right away, which has always sounds really good, but it has, always, it has traditionally been very tough for me. But today, I did it. So check. And then also... I'm rereading uh, Mindfulness in Plain English, which is a book, book I've read a couple of times, uh, but think it's really, really good, and that's going to help me kind of refocus on doing a good job meditating every day. Nice. Yeah. So, so Month of Right did not go yeah, well. Did not go well. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, so I wrote an article about this last night. The general intention was to write every day, like – when I look back on the month, I wanted to feel like I spent a lot of time writing and I was really proud with how much stuff I had created. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, didn't really do that. I mean, so the the objective output, how much I actually did was roughly 6,000 words uh, spread across one issue of The Deliberate, one issue of Brave New Work Weekly, two published articles on Medium, and 10 journal entries. 
mm-hmm. which like is not nothing, right? And I did that so across 13 days, which means that I was roughly 50% successful on writing <laughs> every day uh, in yeah. the month, which is not not really what I was shooting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, not to make excuses, but there were definitely some external factors at play that when I was sitting there imagining this writerly month um, didn't really come into my my brain, but ended up being a pretty significant part of it, primarily just being how crazy things are uh, at work, uh, you know, without going into details where we have a lot on our plate with this client project, primarily around there being a lot more demand at the client than we can easily service. So mm-hmm. my partner and I have been taking on a lot more responsibility to make that happen. Uh, both doing the work, but also then hiring somebody and all of the training and onboarding that that requires. So we've been for the idea is for a short period of time, we have really overloaded ourselves to make sure this project goes well, which uh, is great for the project, but not so great for my intention of writing a lot every day. Yeah, Um, that was probably the main thing. And my travel has started to pick up. So, you know, in February, I went to New York, I went to Charleston and I went to Dallas for a couple of days for each one of those. And again, that's kind of an excuse because when you travel, there's a lot of like sitting on trains or planes, which yeah. could be writing time. But I, uh, that time was work time. Uh, unfortunately, I was going to, I was going to ask if in your, in your mind, when you sit down for like writing, do you usually, I mean like, cause I was doing, trying to write every day for a while and I was almost just writing like kind of what I did that day, just like really short, like paragraph, two paragraphs, something about the day, you know, so I could look back and be like, oh, you know, I wrote every day. And I will also admit that I fell off that and did not do a great job keeping up on it. But do you find yourself like, even though you have like time on a plane real quick to like jot out a journal entry on the plane or something that it's not necessarily the type of writing you want to do, which is why you don't do it as much? Or is it more that like you're saying that you fill it with work stuff? Because like, you know, I know, like, you know, sitting at airport, not that you have much time to sit at airports because you time that stuff, like, you know, (laughs) it's your job and there's no, there's very little time for you actually sitting in an airport. But um, do you find it hard to actually just like jot down a journal entry, even though it might not be your best writing, most interesting or anything, but like still get something on paper for the day? Um, Is that just not the kind of writing that you want to do? I mean, I think part of it. Part of it is that when I'm sitting, I'll often save like podcasts or audiobooks for travel time. Ah, and once yeah. I've started one of those, it can be hard to like shift out of it and into writing. I'm mm-hmm. actually pre- it's it's easy for me to write a couple of paragraphs like journal, like a couple paragraph and en- journal entry. And um, what I was hoping this month would be would be more like public writing, more gotcha. like kind of professional type type writing. And that's actually, that brings me to like one of the things I did learn about myself uh, through this month of trying and mostly failing to write a lot more was that I realized that I was giving very short shrift to the stuff that needs to happen around the writing to actually make the writing happen. So I'm Mm -hmm. talking about things like taking notes on stuff that I'm reading or doing an outline for an article that I want to write or doing a mind map. In my mind, I wasn't treating that as a writing session, but I'm realizing, and I very much understand now, that I have to treat those things as as giving my. I have to give myself credit for writing for doing those things because if I don't do them, it's really 
difficult to sit down and write. And the only thing I'm able to sit down and write if I don't do this meta work around it is just kind of that personal journal entry. Here's what I did today. Here's what I'm thinking, which yeah. is super valuable. And I'm I'm generally happier when I am doing that personal journaling. But that is very different from pulling together disparate ideas and being creative and creating something um, that is... Some, you know the the type of article that I wanted to to be writing and publishing, so I don't know. I feel like I have a greater respect and and more interest in figuring out how to get better at the stuff that then allows me to sit down and draft and not and not pretend that that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, once what June comes around, you get another chance at it. Exactly. June and October <laughs> are my two uh, my next uh, the additional months of of write if I keep this current uh, rotation. So. I'm thinking about maybe what I want to do differently uh, in June, potentially working on just like one piece of writing the entire month, whether it's like a book proposal or one really long article, um, you know, maybe focusing purely on just writing first thing in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. maybe not doing any public writing for the month and just doing journal entries every day for a month. That's also interesting to me. So I'm going to be thinking about that over the next couple of months so that I'm uh, – can hopefully do the next one a little bit better sweet look forward yeah. to it good luck with your meditation month yeah thank you uh, we'll uh we'll, we'll i'm sure we'll talk about it especially with your travel where are you traveling to tonight uh orlando orlando nice yes orlando today and then next week De- dallas and then denver and then next week philadelphia and then next week california Jeez, that's all yeah. that's every week in march you fly basically yeah gag <laughs> for like a, for like one or two or they're anywhere from like two to three days at a time all right well bring your mic- microphone with you <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i think i'm back like I, every friday i think i'm basically here so we'll be oh, wow. if we can record for on fridays or weekends we should be good all right that's uh it's a busy month you have coming all right i know we're near time but i want to hear about your theme for 2020 so uh let's let's Do talk we- about that for a little bit do you want to talk about it for a bit or do you want me to just like tease it well we can talk about it let's talk, we, let's, let's, let's talk about it there might not be that much to say anyways. Yeah. So what I started off with, because I was struggling to come up with an actual like theme the way that you did. So for those that didn't listen to the last one, yours are what? Intensity and simplicity, simplicity kind of yeah. hand in hand. Um, yeah. If you want to know about that. Kind of deliberately opposing each other. Yes. If you want to know about that, go back and listen to last episode. Um, or, read, or, or read the article that I'll put in the show notes. Or read the article that Sam wrote. Um, so for me, I sat down one day at just a coffee shop and just jotted out things that I wanted to – do this year like you know, I start off with actually like kind of very not New Year's resolution but just like goal based and like just started writing like you know what do I want to do do I want to you know get back into running distance you know I ran a half marathon two years ago do mm-hmm. I want to you know try new things with with cooking or different all these different things and basically I was just you know like writing down like what was I wanting to do uh, reading goals blah 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 and then I looked kind of through them all and I was very surprised and happy to find that there was kind of a central theme to what I had written down which for now I'm calling the word I chose is experimentation, nice. <laughs> uh, which seems a little weird, but no, I think nah, it I think I'm, fits, I'm into that. It fits what when I was writing down what I'm trying to do, and which the basis is a lot of my goals were learning and, and trying new things. So there's a lot of things I've been wanting to do, whether that be, um, I mean, even right now, as we talked about today, like laid hardwood floors for the first time ever and did like carpentry work, not something I normally do, but I've been wanting to learn about and had the opportunity working at the restaurant with bar backing and busing and the food industry side of things, like not just a way of making money, but it was also like me understanding to round out my interest in farming and food that learning that side of things is important. 
Um, so that was a start. Like the vintage market, you know, it's mostly Haley's thing, but also a thing that I've been putting more effort into. Um, so that was kind of the basis for it. And so I started writing down like, all right, like what am I trying to to learn or try this year? You know, do I have a lot of things I want to do? So like I can kind of rapid fire some of the yeah, things that like, come to mind. So I did kind of categories. One of them was like in work, like in farming. Mm-hmm. So this is this year we've talked about the flower farming that we're doing. Yep. I've never been in charge of like an actual flower operation. You know, I've, I've done a right. lot of hypothetical ones for that class. I've worked on a farm that did flowers. But this year we actually have like a flower garden that I'm in charge of. We're doing a flower CSA, which, you know, is totally new to all of us, but my, you know, myself as well. Wait, is the flower um, CSA separate from the other CSA or just part of yeah, it? Yeah, it's an add-on. So it's oh, the kind right, of right, yeah, yeah, okay. people, you know, add-on. can... Um, and then, you know, we talked about it last year, but like I do, the more reading I've been doing about small scale farming, I have more of an interest in small scale livestock, which is, you know, you're making fun of me last year because a lot of the time I was, um, you know, not getting fully involved. You know, I wasn't sticking the thermometer in the pig's butt. Yeah. This year I want some thermometers in pig's butts. (laughs) It's good to have goals. Um, (laughs) so, but I was thinking back on it. I'm like, I do want to know more about, caring for livestock and how to incorporate them into a farm because mm-hmm. the more I read about it, the more that I see that those go hand in hand. Um, so those kind of in work things, you know, where to learning and pushing myself to learn new things at the farm, which those happen naturally, but if I can also facilitate it a little bit, right. um, you know, there's definitely avenues for me to step into. Um, there's also a chance for me to help lead some workshops this year. You know, it's going to do the natural dying one last year that fell through, but this year there is a chance for me to help, you know, do some classes at these workshops, um, through the farm. So that's kind of the work side of things. Cool. One of the ones is just like, I done a lot, I did a lot of cooking this year. You know, I got mm-hmm. into, it was my bread year, my year of bread as we talked <laughs> <Right>. about. <laughs> um, so this year, I mean, I still, I'm accumulating cookbooks and many a thing. Um, and I'm, you know, and cooking, uh, gadgets and things. And I really want to spend more time. Um, just like, I think right now the way I cook is very follow a recipe, a new recipe and, you know, just do, exactly what it says and you know mm-hmm. it always turns out you know fairly well because they know what they're doing and um but i think this year would be i'd really just want to get more like confident and just like throwing stuff together and just like being able to cook a little bit more um like off the cuff um whether that be you know i have food lab that the book that you have um just yep. reading that and kind of getting a basis for cooking and you know the different things that you can do and techniques because one of my favorite things to do is cook for people and host people and that ties in really well with farming. So I, I really do want um, to be able to do that more for people. And so that's part of it. And then kind of a subcategory is I'd really like to do more um, preserving, whether that be canning, freezing, pickling of stuff this year, because in the winter I just hit that wall where it's like I miss fresh produce and things yeah. that we had. Um, and so I really like the, the ability to be able to go into the freezer somewhere and pull out something from the farm. So that's another goal for this year. And now that I've gotten comfortable in our apartment and our space and stuff like that, I think that's very possible. Yeah. And then the last section I had was like creation or creating. So mm-hmm. I want to do a lot more natural dyeing this year. Um, I got into it, you know, last year in the fall. Can that connect to the vintage stuff that you guys are? It are already doing? it already does. Oh, so okay. we sell cool. we dye stuff that Haley thrifts, then we bring it. Um, kind of have a little category that of natural dyed products that we try to sell people. Um, we definitely want to do that more. Uh, we met actually another vendor there who didn't bring anything, but she also does natural dyeing. So I think I might collaborate with her. She lives in New Hampshire cool. at some point to do some classes together. Um, I wanted to get back into writing and, and getting my website back on the ground. Yeah. Uh, 
from I really that kind of ties in with just like I was doing you know journal entry. I was doing weekly writing about farming, but I yeah. think with what my theme is for this year, there's a lot of opportunity to just write about what I'm doing, whether that be, you know, I tried to preserve and ferment this thing, went terrible, it'll mold all over it, gross, yeah. huge mistake, um, to farming, to, you know, livestock, to everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole idea of experimentation is you, part of it in the scientific <laughs> side of things. Yeah, like taking notes, sharing your notes, sharing observations, reflecting on what worked and what didn't, and trying to pivot from, from and learn from that. So I think you yeah. definitely should do that. So that so hopefully uh, Max Max will be back this upcoming year. Um, oh I'm yeah, going to re up it. And once it's up, you know, I'll I'll let people know. I think hopefully sometime here in the spring I'll kind of get the basis of it. And then the last one was a thing that I used to be really into that again ties into the website that I haven't done much of in a while um, is just photography. Um, oh yeah. So I want to start now that we're breaking out Haley's camera more to shoot pictures for her vintage shop. Um, I want to get back into. Um, one, just taking pictures, but editing and using it for, you know, I think a lot of my favorite Instagram accounts and things are based in farm pictures that are just like the, you know, not curated the farm, you know, like not like the nicest part of the farm, just like pictures of like what it actually looks like to farm. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean I'll always be able to whip out a camera while we're actually working, but there's a lot to farming where I can sneak a picture of stuff that's like, you know, this is a little bit more accurate of what, you know, it's beautiful at times. We see a lot of uh, you know amazing things. You get to work in awesome conditions, but there's also a lot of like super terrible tasks that you have to do, um, and and trying to kind of explore that um, with photography in the upcoming year. So obviously that's why it became your your experimentation because that was like 30 things I just said. Yeah, they're all over the place, but it's exciting because I've you know I I wasn't like I had a theme of like something that I wanted to do better because there's still just so much that I want to to learn about, yeah. um, you know, even just my job in general. Um, so we'll, we'll see what comes from that. And, uh, I'm trying to decide if I should set like, you know, how you created each month, you had a thing, if I should try and do a, something where I set, maybe it's a little monthly goal of trying to do, you know, two new things this month, wherever that falls in. Do I do, you know, like a, a little weird, like photojournalism piece for the website or do I just try, you know, preserving or cooking something or natural dyeing, or do I try something else? Um, and kind to try and set a little bit of actual parameters to follow to make sure I'm actually kind of following through on it. Um, just cause I would hate to have this be my theme. And then at the end of the year, look back and be like, well, you had all these big ideas, but you never really took out the camera and right. forced yourself to do this thing. Or you never actually wrote that many pieces for your website or so we'll see about the actual, I don't know, execution. structure, yeah. yeah, execution structure of, of this theme. But for now the theme is, is created. And cool. <laughs> now that, I, now that I have that, I think I can work with it a bit more. Well, um, now I know I can ask you about stuff, um, related to it as well. Yeah. So I think, you know, the, the update I did on this episode, it proves that it's already for being, you know, two months in, I feel like it's actually been already a year of, of new experiences. So, yeah, totally. um, it might be easy to say <laughs> everything. Yeah. A lot of the time, you know, every year comes with new experiences, but these are deliberate choices that I'm trying to make. Yep. Not like this thing happened to me. Therefore it's a new experience. It's <laughs> <Right>. more like <laughs> I chose to do this thing and that's why, um, you know, it's something new that I chose to do. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep you, I'll keep you, everybody posted and cool. hopefully that'll continue making the podcast interesting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am of... excited to see what you, uh, what you do. <clears throat> Thanks man. But we ran long, All but right. it was about to catch up on. So yeah. Sure. Hopefully we can continue uh, peppering these in on in your busy 
uh, March that you have. Yeah, we will. But, we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, and this, and I, I am making the public commitment that I will have better show notes from from now on. So if you're curious about anything that, that we talked about, uh, there's going to be links in the uh, if you go to your whatever your podcast player of choice. It probably has a section where you can see notes, and there will be links in the in a summary of uh, of the podcast. Sweet, cool. Are All we right, done? Do well, we, do, we do the thing. We're done. All right, we did the we thing. Did, I need some we, coffee in me. We did the thing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a wild man and have a third cup of coffee today. Wow, yeah. three to mine zero. I mean, black tea is like half cup. It counts yeah. as half. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Well, enjoy. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.